And now, the Husker Athletic Director Show with Bill Moose, presented by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Woodhouse Auto Family. Shop Woodhouse first. 18 brands, 18 locations, one team to help you get on the road faster. Woodhouse Auto Family, the official auto dealer of Nebraska athletics. And now, here's your host, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our November sit-down with the athletic director for the University of Nebraska, Bill Moose. Our phone line's open for you, 866-HUSKER-1-866-487-5371. You were out in California over the weekend. You took the heat. What would you do with the, the heat? You turned it off outside. <laughs> yeah, well, we were out in the Bay Area watching our son play at Cal, and it was a nice nice day, but I guess we missed a 70-plus degree did. day. You just, uh, this is the Midwest. Well, you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> a little crispy right now. Goodness. <laughs> um, the, the good news is for Saturday, they're talking 55. That'll be really nice for oh, mid-November. that's a good November college football Saturday. Uh, early start, um, you know, get after it. Uh, had a little bit rest. Like you and I were talking before we came on the air. We've had two buys mm-hmm. at really at, at really opportune times to uh, get ourselves healed up a little bit and try to work out some bugs and uh, hopefully finish strong with just three games left in the season. Still a lot to play for. I mean, this team can still get themselves into a bowl game, which I think has been the goal all along is to do that. You're going to have to win two of these last three, but – as we watch each and every Saturday in college football, you just never know what's going to happen when these teams take the field. Well, just look at the the Big Ten itself, and you you got uh, in recent weeks Illinois beating Wisconsin, you got Purdue beating Nebraska, you got Minnesota beating a a, a, a playoff team in Penn State. Uh, uh, there are no easy ones, and uh, and we've got we got a tough one on Saturday, and this is this should. Be be fun. I'm glad it's at home, and uh, I think our fans are, are are chomping at the bit to get back into Memorial Stadium, and and uh, I think that we'll be healed up in some regards. I haven't had a chance to really talk with Scott too much uh, in the last three or four days, but uh, you know, we 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 need to, uh, as you said, we need to find two out of the next three, and we kind of put ourselves into a into a predicament here where uh, we're running out of time. With these bye weeks, it's allowed the coaches to do some recruiting as well as work with their current team. And the name of the game is getting getting good student-athletes in here for all sports. Let's talk about the recruiting setup for Nebraska as it relates to football. Are you, are you confident you have the right resources in place, that there is enough tools available to Scott? Are we budgeted out to where you feel good about where that is? Oh, yeah. Everything – Everything's in prime condition when you talk about uh, our facilities, the announcement of the new facility. That's exciting. Uh, what we have to offer right now, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this uh, for some time, our nutrition, our, uh, our strength, conditioning, everything that you could ever possibly want. But you're not going to get to where we want to go on just one recruiting class. It's going to have to be three, maybe four back to back to back uh, with with the quality of players that 
that we need to compete in this conference. And you look at, at our young players, and, and you're calling the games every time we take the field. We got quality, young, first-year, second-year players that uh, um, are really very good leaders, many of them very good leaders, too, who will be the nucleus of where we're going. So when they, when they advance up into being uh, juniors and seniors and, and we have the depth that we need, especially this time of year, people are getting chipped up. And this is a black and blue <laughs> league. This is, uh, the, this is this Big Ten football. You know, you can say anything you want. There's a little more finesse here. At the end of the day, you line up and beat each other up. And that's, uh, that's hap- that was happening 100 years ago, mm-hmm. 50 years ago, and last Saturday. Yeah. It's the Big Ten. There's yeah, there's no easy easy game in this conference, and it's it's why it's got the reputation of being a big bad league. Is there are big human beings in this league? Fred Hoiberg was in, in your seat a week or so ago, and we and we were I was asking him about does he have the necessity tools for him, and he said, oh yeah, he goes anytime I need a private plane to get in and out and get back for a practice, it's been made available. He was very highly complimentary what Nebraska has laid out for him to go successfully recruit and still coach his team. Yep, exactly, and we're. We're uh, continue to grow our Husker Air Fleet. Uh, we had very good sessions on this this last week. We've got uh, everything laid out to uh, really bolster that up to be even better than it currently is. And Fred is right. We'll, we'll get his coaches and Scott's coaches and Amy's and John Cook's out to where they need to be to where the talent is and uh, to uh, be in those same uh, high schools, junior colleges if need be, to uh, go head-to-head with uh, the top programs in the country. So that's all in place. Fred has everything. He's so appreciative. Uh, but he's in his first year. This thing isn't going to happen yeah. easily for him either. And it's uh, uh, a lot of new faces, not only to the fans, but to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, uh, we're, we're going to grow throughout the season, but we're not going to be, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, in the midseason or even at the end of the season where we hope to be in a year or two or three down the road. And again, it's the same thing. We need to get recruiting classes back-to-back, uh, get the leadership factor, who's, who's, who's the, the top dog in the locker room, on the court, who's, who's going to be that person. We haven't identified that no. yet because we really don't know who each other are and I think the trip to Italy was very important and that kind of broke the ice but but still it's uh, uh, it, it's kind of trying to figure things out I think we we just we, we don't know who to turn to when things go in a in a direction we don't want it to go you know it was a tough start last week they lost their first two games but I thought they were quite a bit better in game two than they were game one and you may look at it differently but I think if that team makes progress and gets better on the court, as the season develops, that it would be a good first year for him. Oh, yeah. And, uh, again, uh, he's got a very good staff, quality, quality, uh, uh, not just the coaches, but the support people and such. And uh, uh, he knows how to schedule. He does know how to recruit. This is a good, good situation here for uh, Nebraska men's basketball. And uh, Fred Hoiberg has the patience. Uh, He knows he's done it before. 
uh, he's not heading anywhere. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. Our coaches want to be at Nebraska, and that goes across the board. Mm-hmm. And so they know that uh, uh, what's expected of them. They know the resources. They're appreciative. They love the fan base like we all do. Um, but we need to be patient and let these programs take their course especially the most visible ones because that's how we're being judged around the country and and I really think the uh, media has been good uh, uh, I, I we go back to uh, football where I was cautious about what was being said mm-hmm. preseason um, not that I didn't have faith in our coaches and our players but um, uh, as we talked about last show uh, we need to get to six and I said that before the season, and I'm saying it here in mid-November. we got to get to six to take that next step. Yeah. The, the exception in Nebraska team sports right now to that is volleyball. The volleyball program is at a national level, and you've said many times the goal is to get the other programs to where John Cook has volleyball. They're coming down the stretch of their season, and they, he's got them right in position to, to make another run, doesn't he, in December? Because they know the drill. And uh, we got great players, great back-to-back-to-back-to-back recruiting classes. We don't have any seniors on this team. And uh, and still, you know, here we are, a top-ten program, uh, pulling off some big wins, uh, Penn State a couple weeks ago, all of this. And uh, But as I've said before, uh, our players inherited a championship mentality it's their job to maintain that and then hand it off to the next generation year after year after year, and they take that very seriously. And, and those uh, Husker football fans for uh, four decades saw that, hey, I'm not going to let the guys behind me down. I'm not going to let the girls behind us down. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to make our mark, and we're going to stretch this thing uh, to during our time, and then we're going to hand it off and expect it from the, the next group that comes in. And we don't have that right, right now in football. We'll, we will we'll have that. it. Yeah. And a big part of that's going to be our walk-on program of these local players who have dreamt of, of playing for Nebraska, who are willing to come here without a scholarship – be developed and start to feed into that too deep their redshirt junior year and and be in place their redshirt senior year and then that next group behind them and it's just it it takes some time we're we're only in the second year of the walk-on program and so we really you know we've got some 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 young guys that are playing that are non-scholarship players but when you start getting an offensive line that not only has 20, 21, 22 guys on scholarship, but has another 20 or 21 behind that bunch that are pushing and forcing you to be the best you can be at practice. And if one does get hurt, you're not taking a right tackle to fill in at left guard. You can play your position. And, and if, you, if you do get hurt or you get beat out, you better get back in it. Because there's somebody there to take. That's that's where we we need to get back to with Husker football, and it can't happen overnight. Bill Moose is with us. Eight six six Husker one eight six six four eight seven five three seven. Well, let's take a couple of calls for our first break. Let's go to Albion and Skunkman. Skunkman, welcome to the Bill Moose Show. 
Bill, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, yeah, it's been frustrating. Uh, uh, I get on Rivals, and, you know, there's a lot of frustration there. Uh, and all I can say is what I did about it was, uh, Bill, I rolled up my sleeves. I, I do have season tickets uh, in football. I have season tickets in basketball. I live two and a half hours away from Lincoln, and I rolled up my sleeves, and I made a phone call, and I donated more money money to your facilities and also to your private jet program. Uh, I, I just thought that's all I could do to help out, so that's what I did to help out. And I'll be at the games, too, yelling and screaming. Thank well, you. You Thank you, Scott. And um, so what we heard right there, and, and I'm very sincere when I thank Scott because he is he's not just lip service, not that we have a lot of lip service, but two and a half hours away, uh, football, men's basketball, season tickets, has contributed to the new facility that we're talking about, has contributed to the Husker Air Fleet because he believes we're going in the right direction and we're doing it the right way. And uh, uh, I applaud our fans because we have many, 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 just like Scott. And I'm here to tell you um, – yeah, I, I didn't come in, in to Nebraska to finish in in eighth and ninth place. Uh, we've we've got a, a, a project here. We got the right people in the right place. We got good leadership on campus. Um, we we've got a lot of things going in 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 our favor, and uh, we we need to be patient. Um, let's just keep improving each year, and before we know it. We're three, four years down the road, and uh, we're we're right in the mix, and it's a tough mix. We all know that. And there's you, you, we're we're looking uh, tonight at um, uh, the the college football playoff r- rankings. You look at the Big Ten in there. <laughs> uh, the, you you we now have Minnesota inching up ahead of Penn State, which they should because of their victory. And you got Ohio State that's uh, solid in there. And we, we, we need as a conference to have uh, – we need that presence in this postseason to help us – to help all of us in our image, which should be as good as ever in the sport of football. No question. Let's go to Plattsmith next. And, Drew, good evening. Drew, you're up with Bill Moose. Hey, Bill. Um First off, I just want to say I'm, I'm really excited about the uh, Ireland trip and, and us playing in that neutral site game. It's something I, I wish we would look at doing more in the future in terms of uh, going to a nice destination like that. As Husker fans love to travel, I know we have to get to set home games, but I hope you continue to look at those opportunities. I guess my question is this. Um, I know myself and a lot of Husker fans, we're kind of adapt travelers. We like to book our own uh, traveling. Do you anticipate there being – tickets available for people who want to purchase them secondary to those uh, trip full, you know, the trips that the organizer of the game is selling. Um, will we have opportunities down the line to purchase tickets to the game uh, without buying the package? So oh. um, I'll just hang up and listen to your call. Thank you. Okay, Drew. Thanks for the call. And uh, Drew's referring to uh, 2021 opener against the University of Illinois in in, uh, Ireland, um, uh, there will be tickets. We're we're working to break the record, and that's 28,000 
that uh, I think it was Notre Dame mm-hmm. took, uh, and uh, John Anthony, who is very instrumental in putting this all together, knows that uh, Anthony Travel isn't going to have all the the tickets. Uh, they'll have a good share of them, but there'll be other tickets uh, available for Huskers who uh, want to get there on their own and do their own thing. So uh, be watching for that. We'll have more and more information coming out. Um, we're all of this season and another season away from that. Uh, but again, it's not too early to uh, maybe put a couple extra dollars away uh, in your piggy banks to get ready for, for that. It's going to be a wonderful experience, not just for our players, and, and many of whom would, would probably never have an opportunity like that, maybe never have a passport in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. I think that is so, so much a big part of what we're trying to do and doing very well, but also for our fans who, uh, uh, I've said before, uh, all these fans from Western Nebraska, that Alliance, Scott's Bluff, let's go on and on and on that are driving as far as they do to get to Lincoln. The flight over across the pond isn't that much more time, and uh, I really believe we'll have a great crowd when when we get over there in a, in a couple years. Drew, I'm told it's going to be early in February, early of 2021, when they're going to make tickets available that aren't in, attached to the package. So, yes, to your question, ultimately, yes. One more caller before we go to a break. Let's go to North Platte, Dallas. You're up with Bill Moose. Uh, yes, sir. Uh- I had heard when they do this new addition that they would put a escalator or something like that to, uh, up into the north stands, and I've had hip replacements and back surgeries, and it's just tough to get up there anymore, and I was just curious if that was right. Yes, thank you, Dallas, um, and I really love North Platte. Been there many times. Uh, some great, great uh, features there for people that – that have never seen some of those things, but um, uh, part of this whole plan right now, and uh, uh, that has been uh, looked at and approved by the regents, is vertical transportation on the north side of the stadium, the north end, uh, to get our our fans up to their seats in a in a more convenient and, and less stressful way. Uh, we've already improved concessions and restrooms there. There will be more of that. And um, the answer is yes at this, at this point. Uh, and in the, as, as I see it, uh, as we move forward, that will be a piece of it. And then later uh, down the road, I don't know how, how much further, but I don't expect it to be much longer, something similar on the south side. Uh, again, we want to make sure that our fans are comfortable. Uh, we may lose a few seats when it's all said and done, we're, we're talking about these types of things, but uh, uh, our, our fans' comfort within what we can do uh, in regards to um, code and all those things, we're going to address. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Women's Basketball Show right here on the Husker Sports Network. He works to the right elbow, works back out top, bounces it to Hannah Whitey. Can she hit another three from the right wing? You betcha! Fourth triple of the game for Hannah Whitey. Our weekly look inside Husker Women's Basketball. Deep right side, it's Leah Brown. Deep three for Leah Brown. You 
betcha that's a huge triple for Leah Brown. With the head coach, Amy Williams. Three-point game. Leah Brown deep left corner, seven seconds. Sam Hybe to tie the game of the deep left corner. Yeah! Missouri doesn't have an advantage. Missouri doesn't have an advantage. 76 from half court. Blackwell. No shot. The shot clock expires. We are going overtime. Sam Hybe sends us to overtime. Sam Hybe hit a three in the deep left corner. And we're going to overtime at the Mizzou Arena. She hit the shot of the game. Now here's your host, Matt Coatney. Yeah, I got a little excited there. You know, (laughs) when, when you haven't been in an arena in nine years and... You've led most of the game, and then you're behind, and you have a chance to tie it to go overtime, and one of your players sticks it. You can't just say, and the shot is good, and we're going overtime. (laughs) you got to give it a little something, Amy Williams. I'm telling you, Matt, and you gave it all you had right there, and I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Nebraska Women's Basketball Show. Amy Williams, the coach, is here. I'm Matt Coatney. On the Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Hour, we'll take your calls for the entire hour, 866 Husker won, and uh, in case you um, didn't know, Nebraska had a great come-from-behind victory at Missouri on Sunday, non-conference game, 90-85. to Does that sound weird, saying non-conference game at Missouri? Does that it, seem weird to you? It, it seems weird to me and you because yeah, we, we both. Yeah, we're old. Yeah, we, well, I'm we're, old. You're, you're, we're old and we both. Seasoned. We both. Re- well, I was just mentioning to Bill Moose on his way out and my way in that I played two years in the Big Eight. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm officially qualifying myself in the old category. But um, plenty of uh, memories from uh, Mizzou in the Big Eight days and Big 12 days. And so it was. Um, it was. Uh, interesting to be back it was i said to jeff grease when we walked in i said it seemed like we were here an hour ago and <laughs> i knew where to set up uh one of my longtime friends dave lyle came over at halftime uh their longtime radio guy and it just it was great but nebraska's two and oh they have impressive wins over alabama a&m at home here at pba to start the season the overtime on the road win at missouri to start the season, two and zero looks pretty good on you, Amy Williams. How do you feel about two and zero right yeah, now? Yeah, we will take it. Um, we're excited. Uh, we feel like we've um, had um, some things to be excited about here early, but also uh, plenty of room for us to continue to grow as a team and get better. And and uh, we really like what this team can become. Eight six six Husker one is the number. Eight six six four eight seven five three seven one. If you'd like to visit with Coach Williams. Uh, today, uh, the Huskers, as uh, I, I said, won it in overtime, 90-85, to 85, and it was exciting. And I want to talk about the specifics of that game here in a minute. Uh, but for my chair, uh, for your team to grow, and I said in the offseason, they needed to demonstrate the ability to win the close games. Last year, there were so many games that were right there for your team. Uh, last second loss at Wisconsin – Double overtime loss at Washington State to start the year. You're ahead late against Drake, a very good team. They come back and win it. Four and ten in two possession games last year, and a lot of that, I thought, uh, had to do with a large percentage of your team uh, being comprised of four freshmen and two sophomores. That's six people who are underclassmen. Now those six players make up about half of your roster, and they've all been through those wars. You know, they've all been through one, and in the case of Kate, Kane and Taylor Kissinger, two years of the Big Ten Wars. And I'm sure you would have taken a 20-point blowout win at Missouri. I mean, I'm not trying to say that. But 
did your did you feel hindsight being twenty twenty now? Did you feel your team being tested in a close game early was something maybe they needed to at least measure some growth? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's something that, um, yeah, certainly we felt like we had some opportunities where we got up nine points in the first half that we could have really tried to press on the gas and extend and stretch that lead and give ourselves an opportunity for it to not have to be a come from behind win. And we, you know, we had plenty of mistakes that we can correct and work on to get better. Um, But to be able to um, make big plays down the stretch um, when we really needed it and, um, you know, Sammy's three-point shot to send it to overtime was a huge basket, but just a great read by Leah to find the open play right there and you know there was a time where they took a two-point lead um, we we took a timeout on our end um, we had a play call set and they came out and went to a two three zone um, we ran a zone set that flashed Ashton Verbeek right into the mid to high post and boom she drained it I mean just big shots and big plays and I could go on and on just mentioning mm-hmm. those um, that I felt like was um, showed the growth that a lot of those returning players had just kind of getting over the hump on some areas and stepping up and feeling confident enough to step up and make big plays uh, when we really needed it. 866-HUSKER-1 is the number if you'd like to visit with Amy Williams tonight on the Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Hour. You've mentioned the nine-point lead. You had two nine-point leads in the first half. Never could get over that hump to get to double figures. The, The momentum of the game, I thought, might have really went to your side if you got to double figures. Did you feel that way? Yeah, I did. I did. And there were some opportunities there. But, I mean, when you're playing a good team like uh, Missouri and, and, you know, I know um, they had a couple of very talented freshmen that really contributed for them. But, you know, they started four seniors and a junior. And um, so you're not going to go into a school like that, a program like that, with four seniors and a junior and just um, not get some resistance. I mean, I thought they did some some things right and, and really did a good job of getting themselves to the foul line and um, and making it difficult for us to create that separation. But um, we felt like there were some opportunities there to, to extend that lead to double figures, and we just didn't um, capitalize. So Nicia Alili is your senior go-to defender. She's your defensive stopper. She's a senior. She's been through everything with your team. And she fouls out with just over five minutes left. And I kind of got a little bit of that, uh-oh, feeling in my mind because um, I think she is underrated what she does for your team offensively just for understanding your offense and you know being in position of that type of thing what does it say about your team that they found a way without nice on the floor down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think it shows that um, our team has confidence in each other from top to bottom. And, um, you know, there was no panic uh, from our team, even though Nicaea is a, a, a huge piece to, to mm-hmm. what we do on both ends of the ball. But there really was no panic. Um, I thought everybody kind of just settled into, okay, now this is what I'm going to need to do to kind of make up for that. And um, uh, that's just good to see. I think that's the confidence that we work very hard to instill in our program. 866-HUSKER-1 is the number, and the Sports Nightly Hotline is brought to you by Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. We're talking about uh, Nebraska's win in overtime over Missouri, 90-85 to 
on Sunday. Back and forth in the final two minutes, Missouri had a three-point lead. You got the ball with 26 seconds left in regulation. You're trailing by three, 74-71. You had a timeout left. And and Sam Hobby got a running layup with 21 seconds left in regulation. Jeff Grish and I were going through on the radio all the scenarios we could think of uh, when you got the ball after the two made Missouri free throws. At that point, I'm glad I'm not a coach. But at that point, was there a thought of going for a three-pointer or was that design run by Sam Hybe at the basket for two? Was that designed or, or was that an option? Um, we, tr- we drew up a set that we felt like we could have multiple options. Uh, a couple of looks at a good three, um, if we could get a good three with some good shooters on the court. Um, but also, uh, we told Sam very clearly that on that handoff, um, we can go for a quick two right here. And um, if you can get anything, and, and she had done a pretty good job of getting to the rim most of the night, and um, she made an excellent read, I thought, and, and within five seconds, was able to you know put two points on the board and I thought that was a really good play 21 seconds is still plenty of time for us um, uh, to be able to, to to work and so I was um, I thought it was a great choice great decision making by Sam in that situation um, in a play where she could either go for a quick two or look for a three let's go to the phones let's go to the Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline we start down in Kansas City with Cindy Cindy you're on with coach Amy Williams Hey, Coach Williams and Coat Man. Well, Coach Williams, your number one fan was not at the game on set on Sunday, and sorry about that, but I was listening, and that was, like, super exciting. I was at the game in 2011. Remember that, Matt, whenever um, – Oh, gosh. Who was on that team? Snowpocalypse? Is that Kelsey. the one? Kelsey. Kelsey. When Kelsey Griffin was oh, on tw- the team. 2010, when Nebraska went to 23-0 and at the Mizzou Arena. Yeah. I, right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And that game was just almost exactly like the one on Sunday. And and I, I couldn't even I, – I had to get up and leave the arena because I was afraid they were going to lose. So, way to go, Coach Williams, to keep that – streak alive and and please continue to come down here to Kansas City and play either Missouri or Kansas because your fans that live down here in the Kansas City area really appreciate that. Um, I did have one question for you and I'll take my answer off the air. It sounded like from Matt's call that the the team is kind of putting some things together better this year. Um, maybe they're they're more experienced in playing with each other and they can kind of anticipate some things. And I just wanted to get your uh, thoughts on the team this year versus last year and what you think they've gotten better at and maybe what you think they still need to work on. And I'll take my answer out the air. Thanks so much. Okay. Well, thanks, Cindy, for the call. And um, uh Matt and I were just talking about how we both have kind of the same um, fond memories of being able to play some of those old Big 12 foes. And so um, it's fun to know we've got some fans down in that area that also appreciate those um, games being scheduled. Um, uh, I feel like, you know, what this team has gotten better at is um, they've had birthdays. And uh, that's that's probably kind of the biggest thing is, you know, is is um, the majority of our team. And uh, when you know, when you lose a player like Maddie Simon, who's met 
meant as much to our program as she has. Um, that's a tough thing to overcome. Um, but because she was the only senior that we had one year ago, and we just have a sheer number of uh, returning players that have learned from the experience of uh, what what it takes to, to win close games. And um, so certainly I feel like the, the biggest thing this team has going for us and we've gotten better at this year that, um, that was a challenge for us last year is just um, a lot more returning players that are a little older, a little more experienced, a little more knowledgeable about what it takes to win in those tight situations, and also um, their ability to share that with the couple, of, you know, the freshmen that we've got in the program has been really good. You know, uh, Cindy was talking about the 2010 game. Yeah. You know, Nebraska was undefeated, and they were behind at Missouri. Uh, Cindy Stein was the coach there, and uh, Kelsey Griffin um, – came off the curl, a lot like Sam Hybe's play that we were just talking about, that two-pointer, to give Nebraska the lead. I got on the bus Sunday night, and I went to the back. I don't usually do this, and I told your team that that was the most exciting game I'd ever seen at Mizzou Arena until Sunday night, and your team's game beat that undefeated team's game at Missouri for sheer excitement for me. So I told them, Great job. It was something else. Let's stay here in the capital city, listening on 1400 KLIN in Lincoln is Ron. Ron, you're on with Coach Williams. Thanks for taking my call tonight. Uh, congratulations. I want to offer mine. I uh, watched the game on TV, and uh, it was great to see the team uh, fight back, especially after losing that lead late in the game. And uh, it was really, uh, uh, I'm really proud of them the way they fought back and, and won that ball game. Uh, the question I have. Uh, is regarding the uh, how often does your team practice at the day before games and uh, kind of in that area that, that do the girls react differently as far as, as where they practice versus shooting in PBA to, that some of them say there's too much space or they're the background or there's lighting, things like that, that, that bother them. Uh, I'm just curious about that. And then I also, would you cut, are there other Big Ten teams that play um, where they practice? So uh, that's the questions I'd like to have you answer. Okay, yeah. Thank you, Ron, for the phone call. And um, I would say um, uh, we generally get uh, a week or so before our first home game that we can start having some practices in Pinnacle Bank Arena and start getting used to that environment and um, and uh, get some you know get some shots. I think as a head coach, you know, we always like for our teams and players to be able to shoot and practice shooting in the environment that they're going to play in. And so it's important to us to have practice time in Pinnacle Bank Arena and. Um, uh, we are we are appreciative of all the every opportunity that we get over there, and um, you know I think it's pretty common um, uh, around our league um, that most teams get to practice in the environment that they play uh, most days, and um, there are also um, days where you know say the men's team has a game in Pinnacle Bank Arena. 
Um, and both the men's team and the opposing team will have shoot-arounds that day and um, just different game preparation stuff. And usually on those days, we will practice in our practice facility um, just to be able to stick to our normal practice time and keep everybody um, in class and doing everything. Um, I would say that's also very common to what we, we would see from other opponents in our conferences. Uh, very similarly, Adam, Michigan, if their men's team is playing at home and their men's team and, and their opponent are both having shoot-arounds, then they probably are utilizing their practice facility for practice on the days um, that the men play. But for the most part, uh, most uh, teams in our league and, and us as well like to practice in the environment that we shoot in. And um, we try to get as many practices as we can in Pinnacle Bank Arena. Kind of starting the show at 8 o'clock, right? What a night so far. Bill Moose in studio for an hour. Hope you enjoyed that hour. Amy Williams, Oscar women's basketball coach. Big win on Sunday over Missouri. Back in action Thursday night at PBA. And here we go, hour number three. We'll have our top ten list coming up here in a few minutes, and we'll get into a practice report from earlier today. Comments from Eric Chenander, uh, who met with the media after the Huskers workout today as they prep for a battle with the Wisconsin Badgers coming up on Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Ben McLaughlin joins me as well. Uh, Man, lots happened in the last couple of hours, including the second edition of the college football playoff poll, which had LSU jumping to the number one spot. So the Buckeyes, even though they won big last week over Maryland, fell back to number two. Not a big shock there. Clemson's at three. Georgia's at four. Bama is at five. To me, Ben, maybe the most surprising thing was how far they dropped Penn State. The Nittany Lions, who were in the four spot last week, lose by five at undefeated Minnesota, and they drop all the way down to number nine. That that surprised me. What was your take of the poll? Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that as well. Um, and the thing that, that, that I see in this is um, – I would love to hear the reason why Georgia got the nod over Bama. Um, I'm, I think I think the thing that I'm struggling with with this poll in particular is the weight of the good wins versus the weight of losses. And, and where I, I, I sprinkle that in is I look at Utah, who is ahead of Minnesota at 8-1, and one, and their loss was to USC on a Friday night when USC was playing their third-string quarterback, and they they get beat, and then they have Minnesota, who was unbeaten, a spot behind them at eight, who has a better win um, than than any of Utah's wins. I mean, Utah's best win is a is a win over Arizona State. They they struggled to beat Washington, um, so you know I don't really see. Uh, the 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 huge uh, allure for having Utah ahead of Minnesota or even Penn State for that matter. So a little confused by that. Um, and other than that, I you know to see SEC teams at four and five tells me that uh, you know we're going to need some things to shake out. And um, it's in order in order to to not have two SEC schools in this thing in the end. How about Baylor? They're nine and zero, and they're like what twelfth or thirteenth in this thirteenth, yeah. So yeah, I mean that that seems really low. I don't know. That just seems really low. It to me, it's it's really heavy SEC. And I'm sorry, Ben. I I looked up and down that league. I don't know if that's a great league right now. We've got a you know of the of the top twelve 
teams. You have two or three two-loss teams, and two of them are in the SEC. And so I think by default you're going to have, um, you know, the teams towards the top, you know, you're going to have those teams not be punished by by the loss total as much as you are, you know, well, well since, you know, they've lost to teams that are in the top four, we're not going to punish them as much. So, you know, if you're using that same logic, then there's no reason why Bama should be behind Georgia. So th- this is where I just have the big problem with the committee year after year is there there's doesn't in in the rationale you know all the way down to you know even into the top 20 there's so much focus on the top four and i know ultimately that's all that matters but i want to see the consistency throughout the polls like i would love to hear why utah's ahead of minnesota right Uh, what makes florida and auburn more attractive than baylor is it is it quality wins is it close losses like i i just i'm not i'm not quite sure i understand it there but um, again, I, this is all going to change next week and the week after, and, and none of this is even going to look close to what it is at the end. But um, I can't say I'm terribly surprised with what I'm looking no, at. No, I, I agree with you. And I know Georgia has good wins. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Florida. But they got a bad loss. They lost at home to a South Carolina team that's not going to make a bowl game. Uh, to me, that, that's a bad loss. And some other people who have one loss don't have bad losses. They may not have – a couple of really good wins like Georgia does. But, yeah, I, I and you're right. This isn't going to matter in a month. This isn't going to be the final four teams that are in there. But it to me, it's setting the stage. It is already setting in place that they want two SEC teams in this playoff. And I don't think this is the year for that to happen. Hopefully I'm wrong. We'll find out, though, as we play this thing out here over the next month. All right, time for us to get into tonight's top ten. We think them up. We count them down. It's Top 10 Tuesdays on Sports Nightly. And tonight our topic, Top 10 Most Surprising Teams of College Football so far in 2019. This can be good or bad. Austin's going to play along with us tonight. Austin, I had a hard time getting it to 10. I had about 16 to start with. Well, why keep it to 10? (laughs) Oh, you didn't. You no, don't have a tie time. for seventh or something, do you? I, I did manage to whittle it down to 10 from like 15 or 16. Ben, tough, easy. What was this one like? Um, I I had a hard time deciding between good or bad, and I found that most of my teams were, were bad, you know, surprising in the wrong reasons. Um, there, there are definitely teams that uh, that I didn't be on here good, bad, or, or whatever way it is. So, you know, part of the reason why, why it popped in my head, but – um, I guess I'm. I guess I'm about split. Five good, five bad. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. I'm pretty heavy Big Ten, to be honest with you. I think there's some of the best stories of the year, good or bad, have come out of the Big Ten conference. So Austin, why don't you lead us off? All right, thanks. Number ten for me. I've got the Orange Men of Syracuse. I kind of expected them to stay yeah. where they were last year at nine and three, ten and three, ten and four, nine and four. That kind of range. It's been the defense. The offense has taken a small step back, but the defense has just been shredded. We saw that week two against Maryland, that result where we thought Maryland was for real. Defense giving up 475 yards per game. The running game non-existent. I've been disappointed in Syracuse so far this year. 
I'm with I, that. They made my honorable mention. We almost guys put them in our preseason top 25, and at three and six, they have been miserable so far this year. Okay, my number 10. I'm going Pac-12. I've got the Washington Huskies, or should I say, the Nate Roar Washington Huskies. <laughs> he loves this program. Uh, we had them 19th in our preseason top 25. They're six and four. They just have not lived up to their billing. They can't win big games. They've lost some that they should have won. Um, so six and four, they're still going to make a bowl game, but just not the near the kind of year we thought the Huskies were going to have. So I've got Washington Ben at number ten. All right, one point on Syracuse. Uh, you're welcome for talking Yada to put yeah. those guys in there. That's I bad. couldn't have been more out on those guys. Yeah. Um, my number ten. I'm going to a non-power five here. I'm going UCF here at number ten. Uh, thought again that they would have a better year than than they would at this point. Already three losses at, at seven and three, just four and two in the AAC. I, I mean, I think it was unrealistic for us to expect that they'd go. Uh, I mean, even eleven and one or or ten and two every year. But I didn't expect uh, to see this much of a step back. And even watching them, you know, there are times where they look like UCF and they look really really good, and then there are other times, you know, like like last week when you're you're playing a team that you're far better than. And you get beat. So, um, you know, Tulsa took it to them, and, and that surprised me. So I've got UCF at number 10. They're a tough cut for me, one of my honorable mentions. Number nine, I've got the Cyclones of Iowa State. This is a team that was really solid last year. I expected them to take a step forward. Brock Purdy was really good. The defense was solid. Now, Iowa State's four losses are by 11 points, but these are close wins. I expected the Cyclones to pick up. They're not challenging Oklahoma and Texas at the top of the conference, while Baylor is. So Iowa State's a surprising disappointment to me. Austin, we we had them at number 15 in our preseason top 25, and I'm with you. It's not like it's been an awful year by Iowa State standards, but we just expected more out of them. My number nine, Austin had at 10. Here's why I've got Syracuse. All right, very good. My number nine, again, back-to-back non-power fives. And, look, yeah, this is the last non-power five team I have on my list. I've got Army here at number nine, uh, four and six, just an awful, awful year for the West Point Black Knights. I was really high on them. I I love the way that they they finished the year last year. They just – uh, got a dominating victory in their bowl game last year and, and just four and six with with a, a ton back on defense. And I know they lost a, a running back or two, but you get your quarterback back and one of your running back back and just a four and six record after taking Michigan to the wire. It's been a disappointment. Great. I, yeah, they, they made my honorable mention as well. Yeah. Three for, or two for three on honorable mention there. Uh, Greg, you led off your list with Washington. They're my number eight. Three of their losses, Oregon, Utah, Cal, close games at home. I think that's been a big reason for Washington. If you can't win your home games, you're going to have some struggles. That kind of some loss at Stanford, who's not Stanford, has been. But for yep. Washington's my number eight. Yep. All right, my number eight. I'm coming to the Big Ten. I mentioned I had, I'm kind of heavy Big Ten. Here's my first one. Michigan State. We had them at number 21 in our top 25. They're four and five. Two home games. They had no business losing. Arizona State and then the Illinois game. Uh, uh, kind of like Nebraska in a way. If you get those two wins, you're sitting at six and three. doesn't look like a disastrous year. It sure feels like, and we're going to talk with Hondo Carpenter tomorrow night as part of our blitz. It sure seems like, Ben, they're headed to a coaching change here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it seems pretty inevitable at this point, and I think last, last week was the nail in the coffin. All right, my number eight is also a Big Ten school, and this is a, a Big Ten school and the positive. I've got the Indiana Hoosiers here at number eight at seven and two already, four and two in the league. Um, uh, Indiana is a team to me that's always been close, 
they've they've you know been in some in some games with some really good teams late. They just haven't quite got over the hump. Um, they haven't really beat anybody that's spectacular, but they've taken care of their business and they and they look um, very good offensively. And this they're having to do it too with a backup quarterback and Ramsey with Penix being out for the year. I don't think Indiana's a slouch, and to be seven and two right now, that's pretty impressive. And I I give Tom Allen a lot of credit for that. So I've got IU here at number eight. I've got a different IU from the Big Ten at number seven. Illinois, bowl eligible already, only taken 10 games. They're going to need some help in the West if they're still mathematically alive, but that's way more than they've been able to say recently. I remember the start of the year we were talking about how the Big Ten West was a six-team race, and we all left Illinois out, but here they are, six and four, bowl eligible wins over Wisconsin and Michigan State. Could very well reach eight wins, so Illinois is my number seven. Been a phenomenal story, and nobody saw this coming. I think even where they were at the end of September, nobody saw their season flipping the way it has. My seven was Ben's eight. Here's where I've got the Hoosiers. What a story, seven and two. They'll be favored in one of their last three games, so they've got a real opportunity to be an eight and four team and playing at a pretty good bowl game come the holidays. So good for Tom Allen and Indiana. Yeah, it's really, really a season that uh, they, they should be proud of. My number seven. Uh, has been mentioned already austin you had him at number nine i've got iowa state here at seven at just five and four and three and three in the league um i mean even the the people that we talked to in our preseason top 25 in the big 12 said be be ready for iowa state be prepared and this has been um not a banner year for matt campbell and iowa state and uh, a year that you know they they did lose montgomery they they lose a a big bodied uh, wide receiver and hakeem butler but they had a lot of that core nucleus back, and unfortunately for them, this season just hasn't gone as well as they would hope. They've been flirting in and out of the polls, and and I think uh, you know their recent struggles will put them out of the polls for good. Almost pulled the big upset with Oklahoma, but in the end, it's just another loss. Ben, is he as hot a commodity this year as last year? I think he's still on some lists, is but he? I don't know that he's the first call that people make like yep. he would have been a year ago. Yep. Moving along with my list here, I go back to the ACC. I've got Wake Forest up here. They're 7-2, and two, pretty good offense, okay defense. They've been in some extremely entertaining games so far this year. It's kind of a you know pick for what they've done the last few years. They've been bowl eligible, but this year they've been ranked for five weeks. I've just been impressed with what Dave Clawson has done with Wake Forest as a program. I think people were talking about them. You know, a little bit more earlier in the year. They have a chance, you know, to reach nine wins this week. They have Clemson. After that, though, Duke and Syracuse. Nine-win Wake Forest, that's pretty impressive to me. Sure is. I'm they had a follow- re- go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Greg. Okay, I'll go. They had a really good finish to the year last year, and, uh, you know, they, they had that team that popped up in the, in the BCS um, a while back, but, you know, their offense is legit. I mean, Jamie Newman, who's been dealing with injuries. I mean, this is a team that's been brutal with injuries, too, with Newman, the quarterback, and they lost Surratt today for the season, and, and Washington, too, has been in and out of the lineup. But, you know, they can get up and down the field when they're healthy. They're, they're kind of a fun team to watch when they're at full strength. Unfortunately, they haven't been much of the year. Yep, they sure are. I'm kind of following Austin. His seven is my six. I, here's where I've got Lovey Smith's beard and that fighting Illini. What a great story at six and four. And, you know, you think back. They lose to Eastern Michigan, and then Nebraska comes and has that big four-quarter rally to beat them. Nobody would have given a thought that Illinois could make a bowl game, but here they are, bowl eligible, and they'll be favored to win one of their last two games over Northwestern. They could be a seven-win team when this is all said and done. Just amazing to think about that being the case. My number six has been mentioned by both of you, and I I don't know, maybe I'm just further down on them or what, but I've got the Washington Huskies down here at number six. 
Um, I gave them consideration uh, to be our Pac-12 representative in our preseason top 25. I, I certainly wasn't as high on them as I was the Oregon Ducks, but six and four right now, and, and under 500 in the league through seven league games. Uh, this is not something that Coach Peterson's used to, and you know, it just it looks it looks bizarre seeing four losses next to him. But they've had a really disappointing year. All right, top half of the list coming forward here. Number five, this is where I've got Nebraska, guys, for all the reasons we've talked about on this very program since August 31st. The offense isn't necessarily moving in hyperspeed like the coaches want, not quite as many turnovers on defense. And I think it's more disappointing uh, based on the preseason expectations and, you know, in light of what Illinois has done making a bowl game already. Indiana having a good year, and Minnesota, who I think is what Nebraska, at least what could have been and what Nebraska was supposed to be according to the preseason talk. Very good. As I mentioned, I'm following Austin. My five was his six. Here's where I've got Wake Forest. They're not going to win the Atlantic Division. That's going to be Clemson. But as you guys both detail, they have a chance to get to nine wins. Wake Forest football with nine wins? You kidding me? What a job by that staff. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, definitely worthy of being on the list. I gave them uh, some serious thought on my list. Uh, My number five, again, has been mentioned by both of you. I've got Illinois here on number five. I made so much fun of them. Uh, this summer, maybe they're you know listening to clips on Sports Nightly as their bulletin board material uh, when it came down to our position breakdowns. But um, man, I, I gained a lot of respect for them after Nebraska played them in Champaign with how hard and physical they played. And I, I wasn't sure, and I've said that before, and I'll say it again. I wasn't sure how many wins it would translate into. But six is a heck of a lot more than I thought they'd get all year. So major kudos to that program. Yeah, you had them the lowest rated team in our Big Ten position breakdowns of any of us shame on you Ben. that's how i felt sorry lovey <laughs> all right number four i've got oregon up here at number four surprisingly good better than i thought going back to our preseason top 25 meeting i think we agreed that oregon was probably the most talented team we had them at 10 we did but the schedule was just so darn tough but they've exceeded expectations at least to me they're eight and one justin herbert's been good that defense has been really good they've won road games at usc at washington uh, Arizona State still coming up. I've been really impressed with Oregon. They're better than I thought they would be. That's why I've got them at number four. Just a different Oregon team than the Chip Kelly teams we got used to watching. They they will hit you. They uh, Mario Cristobal has brought a bit of an SEC temperament to that team, and they 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 can get after you defensively. All right, my number four. This is a team not been mentioned, and I've got SMU here. They're nine and one. They're in control of that West Division of the AAC. Nobody thought SMU was going to be anywhere close to the top of the heap in that conference. Uh, They've been nationally ranked for the first time since they got uh, their program completely wiped off the map in the 1980s. What a story for the Ponies in Dallas. So I've got SMU at number four. SMU to me is is an interesting team because of their quarterback, right? Shane Buchel was supposed to be the answer at Texas. Uh, back in 1997 when he started his eligibility and uh, you know he he's, he hops over to Dallas to, to a lower level and they're scoring about 50 points a game uh, they're going to be a fun team to watch come bowl season you know one of those December bowls um, you know when when you're kicking back wrapping Christmas presents and you're watching that those bowl games that's a team to, to keep an eye on because I think you know they're, they're going to pique some some people's don't, attention don't they have the chance to be that uh, non-power five team the uh, in, in one of those New Year's Six Bowls, I think Potentially, they Potentially. Th- them or Boise. Yeah, yeah, them I or Boise. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number four has been mentioned by uh, by you, Greg, at, at number eight. I've got Michigan State here 
And the reason why I have them so high is I just can't help but think of, of that team that made the playoff as a four seed. I know they got run by Bama, but, you know, in just a few short years, that, that program came tumbling and crashing down, maybe from uh, an all-time high to maybe an all-time low. And I know they've got four wins, but uh, to have what happened to them at home to Illinois last week, I think that was the, the dagger in the heart of this staff. Speaking of teams that were good, went tr- crashing and tumbling, I've got Baylor. They're on a rebound right now, though. It's supposed to be a fine Baylor team. But now they're 9-0 after being 1-11 two years ago. Still a couple big games against Oklahoma and Texas. Both of those are in Waco before they get giant killer Kansas down in Lawrence. I've been <laughs> impressed with the Baylor defense, though. It's 17th in scoring defense so far this year. It's been a really solid defense in you know, a Big 12 that likes its shootouts. Game day is going to be in, in Waco this weekend. All right, my number three, here's where I have the Seminoles, five and five, so they can still make a bowl game. But we had them 23rd in the country in our preseason top 25. They've already fired Willie Taggart. They just don't look disciplined. They've had just some ugly results this year. So I've got the Seminoles at number three. Yeah, I've been banging my chest about the preseason top 25 polls. I think that one's my fault. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one on the chin, and uh, I'll, sink down with, uh, I'll sink down in the ship of Willie Taggart because, um, you know, it's it's not been a good s- situation for him. My three uh, is right there with Austin. I've got Baylor here at number three at, at 9-0. and Certainly didn't expect them to be undefeated. They don't have any uh, terrific wins. We'll find out what they're made of the next couple of weeks with Oklahoma and with Texas, but at 9-0 and right now, hard to ignore. All right, number two, I've got LSU here. I, we knew they were going to be good. They've got all that talent. But I don't know if anyone saw this offensive leap coming. Road wins against Texas and Alabama. Home wins against Florida and Auburn. LSU has been insanely good. I know we had them you know, top 10, probably playoff consideration. But now I think they're one of the two national favorites. And that's a big leap, I think, to take from that just out of the playoff to being a favorite. So LSU and that offense, my number two. Yep, we had them at eight. We just didn't think that they could get through some of those road, road tilts including last weekend. We thought with the games at Texas, at Bama, uh, I think they're also playing Auburn on the road. We didn't think they could make it through all that without a loss, but it sure looks like they're going to do that. I keep following Austin. His three is my two. Here's where I have Baylor, 9-0. and they, they may lose a game or two coming down the stretch, but guys, they were 1-11 two years ago, and now they're 9-0 and hosting game day. What a job by Matt Rule running that program. So I've got the Sikkim Bears at number two. In a tumultuous time when we were, you know, hearing maybe death penalty for them, but yep. the NCAA decided to put those files in a, in a manila folder and shove it in the back of the filing cabinet, and we won't hear from that uh, situation ever again. So uh, good on them. My number two is is a team that we have not mentioned yet, and I, here's where I got the Gophs, 9-0. and uh, was on a show earlier today with one of our affiliates, and we're – Greg and I, we, we were talking about this team in, in Chicago at Media Days. People were kind of rolling their eyes at us. Um, wasn't so sure after the first three weeks that this would be the case, but uh, certainly at 9-0, and uh, one of the national stories and all the way up to eight in the college football playoff poll. Uh, just a stellar, stellar job by P.J. Fleck. Greg, I've been sealing your thunder all night. Ben, you just stole all of mine. Minnesota's my number one. Me too. I mean, how can you how can you argue with a boat that's rowing down the river? The Minnesota Golden Gophers. What a story! And a lot of people will say, "Well, that schedule." Forget that. This is a program that's not one at this level at all. And uh, man, what a story! I mean, they're they're going to have to collapse and not make it to Indianapolis to play for a Big Ten championship here in a couple of weeks. Minnesota's my one. 
My one, obviously, then LSU. Uh, I just I never expected this from Ed Orgeron in, in the offense. I never expected Joe Burrow to to make the transformation he made from last year to this year. Defensively, I think they're they're improving. They had a big loss to their defense this last week. They just controlled Bama uh, on the road, and to me, they've been the most impressive team in the country. And, 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 uh, and as Austin said, the favorite to win the whole thing. I did not expect that out of them this year. I knew I, I knew they would be good, but did not expect anywhere close to what they're at right now. They look like a juggernaut. And deserve, well-deserving of being the number one team. I mean, I love no Ohio question. State, and Ohio State might be able to beat them, but what oh, LSU has done, remarkable. All right, good stuff, guys. Are we uh, Austin, are we going to tw- Twitter poll this, or what are we doing? Absolutely we are. All right, be checking out our Twitter handle, at Husker Sports. That'll be our runs of Twitter poll going up here momentarily. Tuesday night, Sports Highly on the Husker Sports Network. Time for us to deliver to you today's practice report. Every practice. We're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it. All season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it. It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. Time to replace your roof? Call JTEC, the official exterior experts of the Huskers, for a free estimate. JTEC Construction, family-owned company with locations in Lincoln, Omaha, and Grand Island. Defensive coordinator Eric Chenander met with the media today. Huskers passed out two more black shirts, one to true freshman Garrett Nelson from Scott's Bluff, the other to Damian Jackson, who primarily plays on special teams. Here's Coach Chenander about doing that. Obviously, Garrett's done a good job. We get on the field a lot more, and being a black shirt's about more than just performing on Saturday. And I think Coach Frost and the staff felt like those guys were deserving. They do things the right way on the practice field, off the field, on game day, uh, taking over a little bit of a leadership role. So those guys were deserving of one. Here's more from Chenander about Jackson's leadership qualities. Yeah, I think everybody just sees the way that he goes about his business. Everybody sees the way that he practices. Um, the way he works and you know obviously we don't want a ton of you know leaders by example because that's not really a thing you know you're that's just doing things the right way but he does everything the right way and he's going to be you know keep elevating himself into a leadership role ben you're down there on the sidelines you get a load of those two guys there's a lot of emotion with those two in there yeah there's no doubt and i'm so happy for damian jackson to get to get a black shirt so close to veterans day and um, I, I just, I, I truly, truly hope that he got everything out of this experience that, that he had hoped. I mean, he's been through so much in his life already. Uh, football is just a minuscule thing and uh, definitely not something that he needed to do and that he wanted to do and to help build. And, and I hope he understands, you know, how grateful we are for those that are around the team for him to, to have that attitude every single day. I can't tell you to a man, every time I talk to a player about leadership, Damian Jackson Going all the way back to last year, Greg, when when Coach Frost hadn't even coached a snap yet, I, I had a chat with Luke Gifford in the summer about le- leadership, and the first name out of his mouth was Damian Jackson. So, so, so happy for him. Uh, and, and I hope he got, again, everything out of this experience at Nebraska that he'd hoped. And, and for Garrett Nelson, his, his journey at Nebraska is just starting. And, and I think that everyone has at least seen or heard the video by now of him tearing up um, when asked about getting his black shirt. 
you don't ever have to worry about him. I mean, I think this is going to be a guy that Husker Nation falls in love with by the time he's done playing here. He he gives maximum effort all the time. If he's walking to class, if he's well, coming off the practice field or, or whatever it is, he's giving it everything he has. So I would agree he's, he's more than deserving of getting one. No doubt he will be a huge fan favorite as he makes his way through his Husker career. One of the mantras today from Eric Chenier was about doing your job on the defensive side of the ball. Here is how he kind of laid that out. You know, when Bill Belichick came out and talked about do your job, right, some people kind of bought in, other people kind of laughed, and ah, yeah, everybody do your job. That's what it is. Everybody do your job. If everybody did their job every play on, on defense, we probably win three more games. You know, and I'm sure it's the same way on offense and special teams, but everybody needs to do their job every play. In, in this type of game, Everybody needs to play in their gap. Everybody needs to execute, or, or that guy gets a crack this big and she's over. So everybody's got to do their job every play. It's not just Wisconsin. It's every single game, and we've seen that you know, come to fruition in, in three football games so far. Um, but obviously this week it's, it's critical. And, and I, I think, Greg, there, there's not a, a game that's more critical in doing that than Wisconsin because if you notice one guy not doing his job, they will make you pay and that that's that's how they do it you know jonathan taylor may carry the ball 31 times if you do your job on 27 of the 31 well you let up four scores that's right he can go the distance on any time he touches the football but i also like the fact that you look back three of the five losses and we detailed this last week nebraska had double digit leads and didn't hold any of them and that falls on defense. It probably falls on offense, too, because they didn't expand the lead in a couple of those games. And I'm thinking about Colorado in that, in that vein. But if the defense gets a stop here or there, they win those games. And that's the difference for Nebraska being 4-5 and five and maybe sitting here at 6-3 and three at this point in time in the season. All right, there are three games left. Nebraska's trying to redshirt a good chunk of this freshman class, but some of them haven't hardly played at all and are options for the last three weeks. Here's Coach Chenander. Yeah, and I think uh, right now, you know, Jakeem and uh, Ty and Casey Rogers and those guys are taking a lot of reps with the ones and twos, and we've got to kind of figure out at the end of the week who, who can function the best, who perform the best, and who's ready to play in a game like this. And Coach Shenander talked about how the coaching staff approaches getting those young players' experience in the games. Well, it, it's, it's kind of a little bit of both, and also – you know, you'd like to play them in some games where you're up by a whole bunch and we didn't have a whole bunch of those to play. Um, get them a little experience and then get them some, some, you know, reps down the home stretch. But also with the way we were so top heavy in the, in the one, in, one deep and one and a half deep, if there were some injuries, we had to save some of those guys just to make sure that we were, you know, kind of CYA'd at the end of the year. But I think those guys are coming along pretty good. Who do you think, Ben? Who, who's, he, who's he got in him back of his mind of guys that could play some? I'm really, really anxious to see Keem Green out there. I mean, just we've been kind of waiting for this moment uh, for him. You know, physically, we've been hearing he's ready. He should be in shape now because he wasn't at the start of the year. And uh, from everything that, that you and I have heard, he's been these games have been handpicked for him uh, to, to help this team. And I think this is definitely one of them. So he, he would be the first guy that I'm looking for out there uh, that we haven't seen a whole lot of on Saturday. And with a big offensive line, you're going to need to rotate guys to try to keep them fresh. Here's Eric Chenander talking about Wisconsin's offense this year. Yeah, I mean, they, they do a great job. Uh, 
you know, scheming their, their offense for what they have. They, you know, they have really big all linemen. They got uh, good tight ends and fullbacks, and they got some good receivers in the perimeter. Uh, so they make you earn everything. They earn everything. They don't do anything stupid with the football. Um, I think they do a tremendous job of, of coaching that group up. And then obviously they got a, you know, first round draft pick running back. So, uh, you know, stopping the run is of utmost importance right now. Oh, yeah. And that running back, Jonathan Taylor, here's Coach Chin talking more about the All American. I mean, I think there's, you know, some different types of guys in, in the Big Ten, but uh, he's really, really good. I mean, he's he's physical. Uh, he's a little different. You know, he's he's not going to do a bunch of dancing. He's gonna he's gonna get himself cut. He's gonna be patient with the with the blocking scheme. He's gonna find the hole, and then he's gonna run you over in the open field if you're if you're not ready to make a big boy tackle. Probably as good as anybody in the country. Any Ben? I mean, maybe Etienne at Clemson, but Taylor's right there. Yeah, and he's such a special runner, special with his eyes, and as he said, he'll run you over and then he'll run by you. There's just there's just not many built like he is. Yeah, he's a load. Huskers will have to put hats on him, run to the football, gang tackle Jonathan Taylor on Saturday. Well, there's our JTEC practice report tonight. Eric Chenander, Husker defensive coordinator, meeting with the media earlier today. Troy Walters will meet with the media tomorrow. We'll have another practice report for you tomorrow night here on Sports Night. We've got more coming up next. You're listening to Sports Nightly. This is the Husker Sports Network. Fill up to get to work, to camp, to grandma's, to the movies, to the skate park, to try the world's best tacos, to watch the sunset at Mount Rushmore, to ride on a green fiberglass dinosaur. Fill up your life. From the greatest monuments to those little moments, Sinclair is proud to fuel America's journeys. Go farther for less with DinoCare, Sinclair's top-tier engine cleaning gasoline. Learn more at SinclairOil.com. At Great Western Bank, champions play as one. One team with one goal. Great Western Bank also knows that champions don't just happen. They are built with determination and the right mix of teammates. You can count on Great Western Bank as a trustworthy teammate that will go the extra yard to reach your goal. To learn more, visit your nearest branch today. Great Western Bank. Making life great with over 50 locations in Cornhusker country. Member FDIC. Holly Jolly Hotline. Yes, I want to make this the holliest, jolliest holiday ever. What do you got? You want just holly or the whole holly jolly? Oh, well, let's go full holly jolly. (laughs) You want the holly jolly jackpot promotion from the Nebraska Lottery. Enter non-winning holiday scratch tickets for a chance at one, two, or five thousand dollars. Oh, that's great. What would I do with all that money? (laughs) Oh, you want the holy moly hotline. I'll connect you. Okay. Top prize odds vary by game. All right, welcome to F-150 Radio. Hello, Miranda. Ford F-150's terrific. Now let's get specific. Okay. The high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy F-150 has best-in-class towing. For campers and boats, for homecoming floats. And best-in-class torque. F-150's packing what the competition is lacking. Nicely done. Enjoyed it a ton. The Ford F-150. It doesn't just raise the bar, it is the bar. Best-in-class claims with properly configured vehicles. Classes full-size pickups under 8,500 pounds. GVWR based on Ford segmentation. Why choose between the technology you need and the seed company you prefer? With Rob Seco, you don't have to. Our independence lets us bring you the trait technology you need, like the Enlist E3 and the Liberty Link GT27 systems, AgriSure Duracade, AgriSure Viptera, AgriSure Artesian, and more. 
So you have the independence to plant what you want. The technology you need from the people you trust. Rob Seco. Visit robseco.com to find a representative near you. I'm University of Nebraska-Lincoln Broadcasting Major Jacob Schoening with Grit and Glory News. College of Business grad student Brennan Costello is one of only three in the nation selected as a Kirshner Food Fellow. He's spending this academic year learning about the world of venture capital. Then he and his team will invest $50,000 in a global agriculture startup of their choosing. Costello's entrepreneurship skills were shaped as an undergrad in the Engler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program here at Nebraska. This is the Husker Sports Network. From Learfield IMG College, you're listening to Sports Nightly. For this, there's no choice. I have to go to Nebraska Medicine. But Dad, there's way closer hospitals. I know, but for cancer, you can't take any chances. You're right. All cancer care is not created equal. The Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center at Nebraska Medicine offers greater access to the most promising clinical trials, breakthrough research, and an entire team of specialists focused on your type of cancer. It's also the state's only NCI-designated cancer center, a designation that signifies scientific leadership and the most advanced care. Those doctors really know their stuff. I know. It feels really good to have a plan that's designed just for me, you know? Yeah, it does. Where you begin your cancer journey matters. And with three cancer centers, Nebraska Medicine's leading cancer care is just a short drive from home. Visit NebraskaMed.com slash cancer. Nebraska Medicine. Serious medicine. Extraordinary care. Over 6 million Americans meet the criteria for gambling addiction, and many more are affected by gambling problems. Problem gambling is a serious condition. With help, problem gamblers can improve their lives. If you or someone you love has a gambling problem, call Choices Treatment Center at 402-476-2300 or the Nebraska Gamblers Assistance Program at 1-833-238-6837. Help is free, so call today. For nearly 50 years, Noddle Companies has carried on a tradition of bringing great developments to Husker Nation. As a commercial real estate developer, property manager, and investment company, we believe the community is our client. Visit some of our latest projects in Omaha, like Hartwood Preserve in the Builders District or River's Edge in Council Bluffs. Don't forget to check out the Inner Rail Food Hall, coming this fall to Exarbon Village. For more information on our projects, visit noddlecompanies.com. Go Big Red! I always wanted to do this. The mess, the noise, it's going to be awesome. Babe, what are you talking about? And what's with the sledgehammer? I'm going to demo the bathroom. We chose Bath Fitter to do the remodel, remember? So? With Bath Fitter, there's no demolition or mess. They custom make our new bath and can install it in as little as one day. No demo? No demo. Bath Fitter's been exceeding expectations for 35 years, and we've got over 2 million satisfied customers to prove it. Visit bathfitter.com to learn more and book your free in-home consultation. Your journey starts now. Arrow Stage Lines is now accepting applications for CDL drivers across all locations. This is not just a driving job. This is an adventure. At Arrow Stage Lines, you get paid to experience scenic destinations, sporting events, historical landmarks, and so much more. Drive some of the latest pristine equipment on the road with superior safety ratings, excellent benefits, and so much more. Start your journey today at Arrow Stage Lines. Apply at drivearrow.com. 
The Nebraska FFA Foundation supports agriculture education and FFA by growing leaders, building communities, and strengthening agriculture. Support your FFA chapter through the I Believe campaign. Learn more at nefafoundation.org. Brought to you by Aurora Cooperative and Big Iron Auctions. Big night in the sports world. The second college football playoff poll came out. The top four, LSU 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, and Georgia slides into the four spot. Penn State, after their loss to the Gophers on Saturday, dropped to 9. Alabama right on the outside at 5. So Bama losing at home to LSU only dropped down a couple of spots from 3 to 5. And now Georgia would be in if it all ended right now. It doesn't end all right now. You still have a couple of weeks left in the regular season. A lot more twists and turns still to come in the college football world. College basketball tonight, number one, Kentucky loses at home to Evansville. The Purple Aces beat them 67-64, so a big win for Evansville as they knock off Kentucky. Midwest Ford Eaters offering you an awesome prize this football season. All you have to do is enter a photo showing your Husker pride or vote for your favorite photo and you could be the winner of a Husker trip for two, a VIP experience to the Iowa game, or a $50 Husker gift card. Enter and vote today at Facebook.com slash Husker. We're back to wrap up the show next. You're listening to Sports Nightly. This is the Husker Sports Network. Have you heard? Heard what? At U.S. Cellular, our new and improved unlimited plans still start at just $30 a month with four lines. Wait, wait, wait. Improved how? You can get international coverage and noticeably faster speeds. International coverage? Faster and farther. Now that's fair. U.S. Cellular. Choose fair. Auto pay, paperless billing, and credit approval required. Data on the unlimited basic plan may be temporarily slowed in times of congestion, and data may be slower than other traffic. Additional terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Certified Piedmontese beef is premium, all-natural beef that's lower in fat and calories than traditional beef. Select cups of certified Piedmontese beef are certified by the American Heart Association as great options for a heart-healthy diet. Cattle are raised with no added growth hormones, steroids, or antibiotics. Just great-tasting, all-natural, local beef. To find certified Piedmontese beef near you or to have delivered right to your door, visit Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. All right, welcome to F-150 Radio. Hello, Miranda. Ford F-150's terrific. Now let's get specific. Okay. The high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy F-150 has best-in-class towing. For campers and boats, for homecoming floats. And best-in-class torque. F-150's packing what the competition is lacking. Nicely done. Enjoyed it a ton. Ford F-150. It doesn't just raise the bar, it is the bar. Best in class claims with properly configured vehicles. Classes full-size 500 pounds, GVWR based on tape. Fill up to get to work, to camp, to grandma's, to the moon. We're back Tuesday night. Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. Tomorrow we'll have a practice report with Troy Walters, offensive coordinator. With his take about the Huskers as they get closer to that Wisconsin matchup on Saturday. The Big Ten Blitz will be back tomorrow night. Check in on a couple of campuses around the Big Ten Conference. We'll hear from Cam Taylor-Britt, who did not make the trip to Purdue a couple of weeks ago. He was sick, came, got ill that week, so they left him home. Feeling better now, ready to get back out there to play on Saturday. By sell is back. We haven't played by sell couple of weeks, I guess, since we've had buy sell on. So, big show headed your way tomorrow night. Thursday night, we'll have our Nebraska football show. And as of right now, the head coach, Scott Frost, slated to be here 
for an hour on Thursday night. Tonight's been wonderful. Wow. Always enjoy having Bill Moose in studio for the first hour of the show. Amy Williams with just her second women's basketball show of the year. Huskers coming off a nice win over Missouri in overtime on the road on Sunday. And then they're back at PBA on Thursday night for their next home game in the non-league. Top 10 Tuesday. You can still go out and vote on our top 10 topic at Husker Sports. The most surprising team in college football this year. Your options, Minnesota, Baylor, and LSU. Get on there. Register your vote.